17, Giants 14. Welcome to Talking Giants, presented by DraftKings. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner. Here with my co-host, Justin Pennick and Soy Un Perdedor. We're losers. 0-3, a Giants team that had expectations to come in and compete for the playoffs this year. Expectations to make the playoffs, honestly, in a bad division. A division that even looks worse today. You know, Washington 1-2, their only win versus us. Dallas and the Eagles playing on Monday Night Football for the division lead. And we are at rock bottom. The worst team on our schedule, we lost to. And that was the Atlanta Falcons. And we're going to get into it. Uh, big picture, uh, individual game. Justin, I don't even want to say how are you, but it's like, where where yeah. are your thoughts? Like, what is you, when you think of the New York Giants right now, what does your brain go to the mo- like the quickest? It just goes to the fact that we've had some of the most draft capital and the best draft capital since Dave Gettleman took over in 2018. It goes to the fact that this offseason we spent, you know, probably the second or the third most amount of money. I know the Patriots spent a lot of money, but we spent some of the most money in the NFL, the entire NFL this offseason, and the Giants barely have over $1 million in cap space right now. We've put so much into this year. There is not a single football team in the National Football League right now that is disappointed more than the New York Football Giants. And I don't think that's an exaggeration. And to bring it back this year, to bring fans back this year, and to start like this, three winnable games, especially this one. You know, in the last 34 home games, we have nine wins and 25 losses. So really, you know, I'm sitting in my car and I'm wa- and I'm walking back to my car after today's game. And I'm not even mad. I'm not even like extra sad. You know, if this was maybe an away game and I'm watching it on TV, I'm a little bit more frustrated maybe, but I've done this before. Like it's muscle memory at this point. You, you go, you have a good time. You get excited with your friends. You walk into the stadium. Let's go Giants. Great halftime ceremony honoring history of this franchise and Eli Manning. And then you leave and you're disappointed. I mean, it's just rinse, repeat. I, I've, I've done this song and dance for years now. So um, that's where mm-hmm. I'm at. They put the Eli Manning ceremony at this game for a reason. Because this was supposed to be the game they were supposed to win. The Falcons. The Falcons are a bad team. You know, the Falcons coming into this game gave the most points in the NFL. Their offense wasn't doing anything special either. This Falcons, this Falcons team was a bad team. And after the Eagles beat them, it's like, okay, the Falcons are the worst team on our schedule. The Eagles are better than them. The Eagles, like, manhandled them. And we lose to this team. And honestly, we were losing the entire game, you know. Uh, you know, they took the lead late in the fourth quarter, but they were losing this entire game. And my mind goes to, to Gettleman, you yeah. know. Like you mentioned, this is year four. Year four regardless. Like you mentioned all the draft capital they've had. Um, all the like they, where you have some of the least amount of cap space in the league right now because of the money they spent after free agency. John Merritt was doing interviews that he wasn't doing in the past, talking about how you know it's, it's this time to win and saying stuff like, you know, there there's less letters coming in the mail now. And year four, and we are zero and three. We are zero and three with the strength of like, and that's the craziest thing. You know, if we had played the Chiefs, the Bucks, and you know, Washington, the first three games, 0-3 sucks. But it's like, you kind of get it. You know, the season's not over. But it's like, if you're losing these games, the season is over. Like, the yeah. season is over. So, I think my vitriol will go more towards Jason Garrett. But at the end of the day, I think the the number one culprit is Dave Gettleman. It is, it's a lo- this is a losing roster. 
Yeah. Um, I hate to go here right now, but I, I'm, I'm going to. I'm going to. And one of the first decisions that Dave Gettleman made in April of 2018 was selecting Saquon Barkley. And, and it looks even worse than it did ever to today. After today, it looks worse than it ever did. Yeah, and really, you know, I wrote this in 2019 on, on a Bleeding Blue blog on the Bleeding Blue website. And this is how Pat Shermer finds himself in an almost impossible situation. Once Saquon Barkley came back from his sprained ankle and there was some excitement around the offense and what they could possibly do. And this is how Pat Shermer finds himself in an almost impossible situation. He is in a league where passing is king, yet a running back is expected to come back and maximize the entire offensive unit. And I've been hoping for years that I've been wrong. Like, you know, kind of biting my tongue and not living in the past and trying to focus on the Giants team now and analyze. and Because that's what we do, Bobby. Like, we're not... We're, I don't think we're complainers, and I'm sorry if you want us to kind of complain more. I mean, we're going to do some of this episode because this is rock bottom, but that's like not who I am as like a fan, a content creator, and just how I watch football, but I am going to play something. NYG Daily quote tweeted one of my tweets today and you know, in response to the 2018 draft, and this is what Gettleman had to say about his approach as to how why he drafted Saquon and how Saquon can help like the entire team. So this is what he had to say. And if you think about it, this kid makes our quarterback better. He makes our wide receivers better. He makes our own line better. He makes our defense better because he has the will have a much stronger ability to hold the ball. So the Giants at one point were winning the time of possession battle by 10 minutes today, which, I mean, I think according to the Giants front office, if you're winning the time of possession battle by more than 10 minutes, you should automatically be winning the game. It's false. They were, you know, <laughs> at the start of the fourth quarter, they were losing by one point. You know, they scored that touchdown in the fourth quarter and then the two-point conversion, which was awesome. But the move that was most valuable, like that number two pick that Dave Gettleman had out of all these draft picks, out of the Andrew Thomas pick, out of the Daniel Jones pick, that number two pick was the most valuable because... It's coming right after that number one pick. And in a way, like, I've thought this for years, and now it's becoming true. And it unfortunately is true. Even if Saquon does go on to have a good second half, I still do think it is true. The fact that we are 0-3 and the season's basically over. Dave Gettleman set himself up for failure. The second he did that, and the second he overpaid for Nate Solder. Because everything has kind of snowballed after that decision as... Well, now we need to fix the old line even more because Nate Solder's not good. Well, now we need to uh, do more to help Saquon. It, they waited another year on possibly taking a quarterback. All that stuff. I don't want to hindsight's 2020. They're paid to make the decisions. I'm not. But 2018 set them back, and we're seeing the results right now. Yeah, I mean, his the first thing he said in his presser was you got to get the O line and the D line right, and those are arguably the two weakest positions offensive line is the weakest position on on the offense although the offensive line is not the issues for this offense right now you know and they actually you know Jones had time to throw the ball today um but regardless like we none of us feel good about anyone on the offensive line besides Andrew Thomas right and they can't get a pass rush I mean they cannot get a pass rush unless they unless they do cover zero blitzes and even then those aren't those pass rushes aren't super effective because no one's winning a one on one battle. It's like you might get a free rusher, which means you have kind of easy man coverage. Like you just find the weak spot in the coverage and hit it. You know, it, it like cover zero works a lot better when you can have an edge guy beat your tackle and have that free rusher. 
But when you know where that free rusher is coming and everything else is blocked up, well, it's a lot easier to diagnose. If Honestly, if I'm a quarterback and I know that they are running cover zero and I can get everything blocked up but the free rusher, there's no coverage I want to see more in the world than that cover zero all-out blitz. Yep. And you mentioned with Saquon Barkley, through three games... Daniel Jones is the leading rusher on this team. And they did not have any designed runs for the quarterback in this game. You know, none besides a two-point conversion, which doesn't go on the, on the stat book for the rushing. I mean, Daniel Daniel Jones has, on the season, 161 rushing yards. Staquan Barkley has 134. He's averaging 3.4 yards per carry. That's pitiful. I don't care. I don't care what he's coming back from. That is pitiful. And other running backs, wait, and I, you know me. I will take shot. I'm not a Wayne Gallman fan. Wayne Gallman would be averaging more than 3.4 yards per carry. You could even take away the 41-yard run. Say it turns into a 20-yard run with Wayne Gallman. He would be averaging more than 3.4 yards per carry yeah. on this team. And, then you, and well, his receiving. He has nine catches for 56 yards as a receiver. And they never, and they don't involve him at all in like just the receiving game. It's either a check down or a screen pass. That's not involving Saquon in the receiving game. Like he has, he has had not had one catch where he was a part of the receiving game where he wasn't a check down or a screen or a screen play. Yeah. And it, it's it is it is and he looks bad. Yeah. You know, and 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 that's, that's what with, that's even as just as much as you know people can debate about making the Saquon pick, whatever. He looks bad. I've never seen a guy look worse in the backfield than Saquon Barkley. Like he looks like he's running scared, and that's an issue. Like he's come back. He's supposed to be fully healthy, no injury attack. And I know it sucks, and I don't want even want like. You know, it's it's he didn't put himself in this situation, you know, so it's, it's really isn't me going hard at, at Saquon. It's just a situation that Saquon has been put in. Yeah. But he just does not run hard at all. Like, I've never seen someone spend so much time, like, just dancing in the backfield. Even when he doesn't need to dance. He's just like, it's just very slow, slow, slow. It's like, what do you, like, go, man. Get those yards. And today wasn't even the worst game in the world for him. But actually, it was. He averaged less than four yards per carry, so it yeah. was a bad game for him. Averaged three yards on first down, too. So, Yeah. And then on top of that, well, they wanted to ease Saquon back in, which was part of the plan. So what did they do? They signed Devontae Booker. They gave Devontae Booker guaranteed money. Devontae Booker next year will be 30 years old. And he has a million dollars guaranteed as a backup running back. He wasn't even active today. They, he was an inactive. Like, it's, like, it's getting forgotten because of all the other bad things. He was in. Active today, the guy yep. they made, a guy that didn't deserve the contract they had, but they said, you know, we need to go get our backup running back for Saquon, which meant Elijah Penny, our fullback, was getting first down carries. He had two carries on first down to eat our fullback. Yep. And I get he can run the ball better than most fullbacks, but he's a fullback for a reason. If he didn't play fullback, he would be out of the league. One of the, one of those rushing plays, by the way, on first down, I believe, was like an outside the tackle play that Elijah like why is Elijah Penny running outside the tackles <laughs> yeah so it's it's not only go back to the drafting Saquon's everything else around the running back room and the running game is and I think the running game gets devalued by a lot of analytics people and, and, and like I disagree with a lot of what you say about the running game or, or a decent amount and and like the devaluing it because I think there is value to running the ball but here's the issue the Giants can't run the ball and they really have never been able to be that efficient with Saquon. Now Saquon's broke big plays, and but they've like run, the the value of the running the ball is when offenses or defenses drop back and they give you a, a favorable box, right? And it's like and and you get your four to eight yards per pop. That's when running the ball is valuable because then it forces them to bring it down. And like you know, like offense is very complimentary. But the issue is the Giants can't get that. Right. So it's like 
they've put so much value on running the ball and they can't do it well. Yeah. Well, and, and I think it starts with your I think it starts with the passing game too. You know, it's the fact that the Giants can't throw the ball down the field and there was only one 20 plus yard passing play today, Bobby. There was only one. Went to CJ Board and there was only two attempts that went for more than 20 air yards. That's it. There was two. After th- this is what's the And most I think one might have been a throwaway cuz can you remember the other one that wasn't it was the con- CJ Board? It was, oh, 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 this is what's even more. This is now this is funny. The second one was to Colin Johnson. Oh, it was the third. So that wasn't even a deep concept. That was a snap the ball and throw a fade. So it ends and, up being... and you want to know why that's funny? It's because you throw it 40 yards down the field on a third and four. The entertainer brought this up. You throw it 40 yards down the field on a third and four. There's a holding call, which my, my voice is going to crack a lot this episode. Just get used to it. I also look terrible. This is what the Giants do to me. You throw the ball 40 yards down the field on a third and four. There's a holding call. They decline it when they should have accepted it because any head coach in the NFL should go for it on fourth and four from the Atlanta 39. Fourth and I'll three. Se- I'll set up the situation. I'll just set I'll s- I have three. notes. It's the 39-yard line. They're on the 39-yard line, fourth and three, down, down by one. This isn't when they were up. And you have Gano who has been, literally set the record for most kicks in yep. a row, and a lot of them have been tough, and he punched the ball. from like I have never been. More disgusted with Joe Judge yep. than in that moment right there because he had three decisions and he picked the thir- the third war he picked the worst decision yep. kick the field goal if you don't want to go for it kick like let Gano hit that fifty six yard field goal instead we punt it they yeah. punt I, I was I could not I know there's always been arguments and I'll let you go in a second arguments about Joe Judge fourth down and there's times where it's like I think people just want you to go for on fourth down all the time and it, it just turns into this thing. But there has not been one time where Joe Judge punted where I've been more blown away than that time right there. That's yeah. the most I've, I, and I'm not even on like the I hate Joe Judge thing. He hasn't like I'm not I'm not on Joe Judge right now, but I'm not totally off. That was unreal. Yeah. So um, they throw the ball forty yards on third down. Bredesen gets the holding call. Atlanta declines it when they should have accepted it. You know what I mean, and I guess they knew that Joe Judge wasn't going to go for it, and he doesn't go for it. So the Giants decided the punt from the Atlanta 39 under fourth and three with six minutes and 29 seconds remaining in the third quarter while losing six to seven. So with the surrender index of 69.9, it's you know, that's an analytics thing. This punt ranks as the hundredth percentile of cowardly punts. That's what it's called, cowardly punts of the 2021 season and the 99.6 percentile of all punts since 1999. The winning percentage, if you fail on that fourth down, is 43%. So if you fail, it's a 43% if you if you fail on that fourth down attempt. The winning percentage, if you punt, is 49%. That's barely a difference. That's barely breaking the bank. And also it's 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 you know noteworthy that yes, we did pin down the Falcons inside the 10, inside the 5, but in a matter of two or three running plays, the Falcons were back at like the 30-yard line anyway, so it almost didn't even matter. The winning percentage, if you succeeded on fourth down, goes up to 67%. Even attempting the field goal from there, like Bobby said, I think that makes a lot of sense, and if then you if you make that 57-yard field goal, your winning percentage is 61%, which usually field goals don't really do anything for you, but in that case, it definitely did it. You know, your winning percentage would have went up to 61%. You know, and Graham Gano was arguably, arguably like the best player on the team, and we didn't, you know, we didn't put the ball in his hands there. So really, you know, I, I, so a lot of people, you could be listening, you could be mad, well, what if they didn't get it? 
What if they didn't get it? You know, the defense they would have been at the 39 yard line, and the defense played well all game. And the defense has been playing well all that game. But also, I'm at a point, Bobby, where it's like, well, why are, can we stop talking about what if we don't do this? What if we don't do that? This is an offense that should be able to get a fourth and three. That is a situation that you should be practicing over and over and over again. Because, yes, the Giants did eventually get the ball on the following drive. And they did eventually get a touchdown that put them up 14-7. to Good two-point conversion. Good drive, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I think not going for it there and not possibly putting at least three points on the board that drive, I think it delayed the outcome of the game. Where it delayed the Giants scoring a touchdown. It delayed the fact that the Falcons put together their drive. Where the, the scope of the game could have been figured out a lot early, earlier. If you went for it there, and then it's like, oh, well, if the Falcons are going to go down and score a touchdown anyway, okay, now we know that we need to be aggressive offensively. And not just like this waiting and this field position battle. That just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. How about we just were critical of not and not arguing of, oh, should we have gone for it? Should we not have gone for it? What if you don't get it on fourth down? Well, what do you do? How about we just say, well, the Giants should just execute on fourth down. They should just execute. And they should have that situation practiced and down. Yeah, I mean, I, I I do think that's a little oversimplifying it with like just get it, like you know, like the Browns game. There was an it, like there was a debate to be had, but here this not going for it here is just there's no there's no debate. There, I mean, it just kicked the field goal. Like if they would have kicked the field goal, I wouldn't have been mad. Now there yeah. would have been some people who'd been mad. I wouldn't have been. But they like Gano. You paid him all this money. He has the ability. Trust him. He's essentially your best player right now. Is Graham Gano? Yeah. Um and Judge. I mean, this was a bad game for Judge. Um. You know, the wasted timeouts. I mean, it's, it's uh, you know, I get that Blake not being out there probably had a little bit of impact. But, they, I mean, they wasted timeouts in this game. It was just not a good game for Joe Judge overall. Like, yeah. um, whether you're, whether you're on, on, like, still giving Joe Judge some time, like I am. Like, I'm not on, like, fire Joe Judge mode. Um, but here's what I will say. What, is, what has Joe Judge done to make you say to not fire him? You know what I mean? Yeah, um, last year still matters. I I I really do think that. Um, but there, I can't I can't answer your question. I can't. Well, here's what here's where it'll come down to. Let me read the ad and then let's talk about the offense and Jason Garrett. And this is yeah. where this is where my decision will be made on Judge going forward. So <clears throat> autumn is in the air. The pumpkins are in the patch, and the giants suck. And our friends at Manscaped are here to make sure you don't carve your pants pumpkins when you're grooming. How about that? I just used it actually yesterday. If you know what I'm saying, make sure you're keeping things fresh this fall with the leaders in male grooming and their brand new fourth generation performance package. Boys, get ready for a cuffing season like no other. Ready to take the leap and to fall with Manscaped? Join the 2 million men worldwide using Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code GIANTS. Manscaped really has taken over like the like the trimming world. Like all the other ones, I don't think we're allowed to say their names in the ad. I don't. I There's, don't know. I don't know a single other brand that does it. I do, but they suck. Um, <laughs> Good point. It's time. It's it's time to bundle up with Manscaped Performance Package 4.0. In inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, which is it's the best thing they have. Weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, ball deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. First. Like, like I said, the, the lawnmower 4.0, like that's where you're getting, like everything else is good, but the lawnmower 4.0, that's what I use all the time. And the fact that you could use it in the shower, like I was scared a little bit at first. It's like, 
just sort of af- afraid of being electrocuted. And then I did. It's like, oh yeah, you can do it. And that's, it always sucks because I never wanted to trim the shower. So it's like, you know, while it's, while it's not, the water's not running. And then it's like, you got to make sure it all goes down the drain. It's, it's a mess. Trim your pumpkin patch, whack the leaves, give your balls a boost, use crop reviver. I mean, there's so many things you could do. Like if you, if you want to take care of yourself and not be a slob, go to Manscaped. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code Giants at Manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping at the code uh, with the code Giants at Manscaped.com. Make your balls a priority this fall. Choose uh, Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. All right, let's talk about the offense. And here's where I'm going to get really pissed off. Is week two, we scored the most points on offense under Jason Garrett. 29. Woo! Is he changing things? Nope. Nope. Justin. So, three games, you think Jason Garrett's scoring average would be really affected by his top one, right? Right? Like, even the, even game one, game three, even bad. It's like, okay, it won't look that bad because game two was his best game. They are only averaging 1.2 more points per game than last season. They are averaging 18.7 uh-huh. points per game. That would still, going by last year's numbers, rank 31st in the NFL. It would not move up a single ranking. And that just shows how bad last year's offense was, is that you could add an extra 1.2 points per game and you'd still be 31st. The Falcons were the worst scoring defense coming into this game. They were giving up 40 points per game. 32nd in the league. Missing their cornerback one. I don't care that Shepard and Slayton went down. Yep. 32nd in the league. And here, what were our worries in the preseason? Daniel Jones turnovers and Andrew Thomas. Andrew Thomas has been a baller this so far this year. Daniel Jones has played really well. He hasn't, you know, you know, this game he didn't do anything special, but he's played really well. And like you said, his be- his strengths and football crump had a tweet about this are throwing the ball deep and 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 running. They threw the ball deep one time and it was to CJ Board. And guess what? It was even completed for 38 yards. He's completing half of his deep passes this year, but they are not doing it. That is coaching. That is coaching. Daniel Jones, as long as I've watched him, likes to throw the ball deep. At Duke, his rookie year, and they have t- they they coach scared. This team's coach is scared, and they signed Kenny Galladay for what? What did you sign Kenny Galladay for if you're not going to let him go and make plays? We're, you don't think that play with CJ Board could have been there for Kenny Galladay all game? Get out of here! You're not. Let me one thing: if you're running the ball well, they're not. They're running the ball poorly, and they are just put like this is. A horrible offense. It is broken. And that's where Joe Judge can get me back. Fire Jason Garrett. That's how you get me on back on your side, Joe Judge, is fire Jason Garrett. Because guess what? From now on, I'm we're not I'm not playing the is this Joe Judge's or Jason Garrett's offense. It's Joe Judge's. It's year two, and you will live by it or you will die by it. Okay? So if you want to be loyal to Garrett, fine. But I want Jason Garrett fired now. I would like to for Dave Gell to be fired right now. But I, I like need Jason Garrett to be fired right now because it yeah. is holding back this offense. He is holding back this offense. Daniel Jones has not thrown an interception except for once in nine games, and that was off of Evan Ingram's hands. Daniel Jones is playing better. Their left tackle being good is making Daniel Jones better. Like they have two sacks today. One was on Nate Soldier, and Jones did hold the ball a little too long on that play. And the other one was the miss. Bredesen. No, well, Bredesen, didn't Bredesen allow something? Oh, yeah, Bredesen uh, and Price totally screwed that up. Oh, so they only God. gave up two sacks in this game, you know? It's like, which I know you should want more than that. But it's like Jones has been getting the ball out on time. And it's just, there's it's they don't use Kadarius Tony. 
They do not stretch the ball downfield. And they tr- they they act like they're an efficient offense who can play like this. And they, they are not that offense. They did use Kadarius Toney for one series. And it was, oh boy, was it fun. Oh boy, was it fun. Getting him yards after the catch. And guess what? It, they didn't even get Kadarius Tony yards after the catch. He willed yards after the catch, and it was really fun. And then they did it for one series, and did they do it again? Nope. No. No, they did not. And here's something I said. Sterling Shepard and Daniel Jones' connection was hiding blemishes on this offense because they yep. are connecting on 84% of their passes. And you could say, well, that's actually, that's good. Shouldn't that be a good sign? No, because it was the way they were connected. Sterling Shepard, our slot receiver, was leading the league in contested catches the first two games. Yeah, that's, that's not, not right. what a slot receiver should be doing. That's not right. They were had perfect timing again on tough routes that didn't breed separation, and it was unreal. It's like, I can't believe Daniel Jones and Sterling Shepard are connecting at this rate. It was honestly unreal to watch. And you saw it when he went out. It kind of it, it ruined their offense because their offense is based on going that, that, that. That, 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 that. And when Shepard was there, one of those that, that, that was gone. And there was no attempt to make big plays after that. And even Colin Johnson, I mean, he had five catches for 51 yards. He's a big play receiver. And they didn't, he's like, so he was playing well. They weren't even using him on that way. So you got this six foot five wide receiver on one side, Kenny Galdi on the other side. And you don't throw the ball downfield. Come on, dude. This is going to, this is going to boil frustration in this offense. And these players are going to become malcontent if you have Kenny Galladay and you're not throwing him the ball deep. Yeah. The reason why I was high on the offense, you know, is because I thought they, I thought they did learn. I I really did. And I guess, you know, it's, it's a foolish on me, you know, week two against Washington, Daniel Jones had like the sixth highest pass rate on first down. And, you know, they still, they still had, you know, the 17 plays to nine plays on first down were 17 of them were passing. Nine of them were rushing, but they also produced three passing plays of 20 plus yards last game. And they produced a lot more 15 plus yard passing plays against Washington. And that just wasn't there. I mean, like, like I said, one 20 plus yard passing play to CJ board. That was it. That was, that was the explosive play offense this game. And, and Bobby, again, their chunk plays are built on under the center play action, two man routes. That's what they're cho- like. That, yeah. They ran that a ton and I don't hate doing that, but your chunk plays can't be built on that. No, no. And Bobby, you know, there were even times in this game where I'm like looking at the Giants. I'm like, all right, they're moving the ball here. They're moving the ball there. But I'm like, just, I'm thinking to myself, all right, we need an explosive play to just jumpstart something to get us across the 50, to get us into the red zone, to get us into field goal range. Because these drives just stall out. Somebody's going to hold. Somebody's going to, Price is going to have a high snap. Somebody's going to drop a ball. CJ Board is going to get an offensive pass interference. This is what we've been saying. This is what I've been saying since last year. That this is why you need explosive plays where even if the offense gets, they're moving the ball, they're possessing the ball. They won the time of possession 27 to 17 through the first three quarters of the game. But you scored six points. And you need that explosive play to just jumpstart something, to change the game script. There's a there's a game script, Bobby, that every offense has. Uh, the you know the zero yard line, the one yard line, in your own red zone to the ten yard line to get you out of there. Then from the twenty yard line to the forty yard line, then the forty the forty yard line to the other forty yard line, and then the red zone. Right? There's game scripts, and you need to flip it with explosive plays. And if you don't have that, it is the Giants are just not good enough. And I don't know if any NFL team 
is really good enough besides like the Titans and the Ravens and the teams that can run the ball, which we're not those teams. We're not the 49ers. We're not Derrick Henry. We're not. We're not Kyle Shanahan. But even they, 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 they produce big plays. They do. Like they, they produce big that. plays. But we can't sustain 13 play drives and expect to score enough points to win games. We can't. Can't no do it. No one can. No one can. And that's the issue. So you point like, well, this player, this happened on this play. This happened. Well, it's like, yeah, that's what happens. Is you can't, con- you can't go for a whole game and do that. You could do it on a drive, but you can't expect a whole game. I mean, and, th- and we should have seen this from the beginning, week one last year. I mean, remember the Daniel Jones, you know, the interception that he had in the end zone? It was like, that looked like one of the best drives of his career. And then yep. it gets thrown by one bad decision where he gets, you know, where you have to be perfect. And that is the issue with this offense, is it has to be perfect. And they put their defenses in horrible positions. Um, and the thing that's screwed up, I'm they, sorry. They and need the to fire that, Garrett. They need to fire Garrett. And the thing that's screwed up is that the, it's not like the Falcons were really good at preventing the explosive play. I mean, Bobby already broke down how many points they gave, you know, they gave up. They were allowing both explosive running plays and explosive passing plays at the top quarter amount in the National Football League. So it's not like, oh, you know, even though the Falcons, they were allowing a lot of points, they were good at preventing the explosive play. No, there there was not that excuse. The built-in, the, the built-in excuse of week one and week two was Washington is good at preventing the explosive play, which is, which is false. Washington's defense is bad. They also played some good teams, but... And then Denver, you know, Denver's defense is very good at preventing the explosive play. So that ex- that built-in excuse was not here this week. And ironically enough, this was the week that they produced the least explosive plays, the week in which they were expected to produce the most. How do you, how do you take what you did last week? How do you take what you did last week where you looked like a, a, a self-sufficient operating offense? And I guess I know Sterling Shepard and Daniel Jones you know that 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 hid the the difficulties and the negative points of this offense i understand that but i took that as a positive or it's like well i'm not going to just take that for granted you know they they had a good connection and i understand he comes out of the game but how do you look that good on offense and then just totally 180 go revert back against a totally inferior opponent how because this is who jason garrett is this is who Jason Garrett is. And we'll talk about the defense, and that's why I still really like Patrick Graham. Like, I still really like Patrick Graham. But anyways, we'll we'll get into it. Um, all right, all right. So um, yeah, but, where, where, do you, couple, where do you want to go? Where do you well, want to go? I got go? a couple more points on offense. Okay, because I, I, I kind of want to. Can we talk about Evan Ingram? Yeah, no, yeah, Evan Ingram. That's a good talking point, yeah. It, it's, it's, we got to stop. It's got to be done. It's We have to be done. And I understand this offense coordinator doesn't play him to his strengths. Like I get it's it's the worst system ever for Evan Ingram to be in, and I know people have said that since Evan Ingram was coming in, coming to the league. Like, oh, well, you know, they could if the coach used him well, Patrick would use him well. He was playing out wide receiver one numbers before he got hurt in twenty nineteen, but he has he is just he is a, it's it doesn't matter how he creates turnovers. And when Sterling Shepard went out of the game, Evan Ingram should have kind of filled into that short area, like moved the chains roll, and he had two catches for twenty one yards. And on one of those catches, he fumbled the ball. When a team like, sorry, he and and if and he is not he's not a game changer, but he's a, in a good way, and he's not a good blocker, and he doesn't have good hands, and he doesn't run good routes. He does too, and this is why we have been. This is why I have been off Evan Ingram, and it's not simply just oh he drops the ball. He doesn't do enough good things good to overcome the things he does bad. 
Stop. Like, trade him. I will take anything for him right now. And honestly, he needs a fresh start. He's being booed like crazy, and he deserves to be booed. But it 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 this it it has not worked, and it's not going to work this year. I don't care if he has you know a Bengals type like you know like game next week. Evan Ingram has shown who he is, and it's just not going to work here with this OC. Yeah, I, like you said, he deserves the booze, and I mean, you know, Joe Judge is right. You know, Giants fans and John Mary even said it too to some beat reporters. Giants fans should boo when the team loses. Like I'm not, I'm never going to complain about that, but. I, 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 the, to, to be booed off the field and then to hear cheering when you are off the field, once you officially come off the field. I mean, that, that is so, so brutal. And it's such a reflection of where we, of where we are. And it, it actually was a, a, a good moment where judge, every, they, they know it, the, the players can dismiss it as much as they want about, Oh, you know, we don't worry about that. And yeah, the fans should boo, but we got to do our job. And they know it and they got to feel it. And judge came over to Engram the second time, like after the, the drop ball of, you know, where it goes in between his legs. That wasn't (laughs) his fault, but I don't care about that. He got booed or cheered or whatever. Right. You know, but judge came and he patted him on the head and, you know, gave him a little hug and whatnot. And it's like that, that's just tough. That's just tough. And the, so the thing that, and this is going to sound, I guess this is maybe, this is probably the stupidest take I'm going to have this episode, but just a macro big point. The fact that the Giants are in the spot that they're at, just in general, like I think Jason Garrett tries his best. I think Evan Ingram tries his best. I think Saquon Barkley tries his best. I think Dave Gettleman tries his best. And the fact that, I'm not everybody, sure Jason Garrett tries his best, to be honest, but anyway. The fact, the fact that everybody is, like, trying their best and we're here, it is, it is a it, – it boggles my mind. I don't think Jason Garrett tries his best. Somebody tweeted, somebody tweeted today, Nate Solder doesn't want to be a New York football giant. And they also said Evan, Evan Ingram doesn't want to be a that. New York football giant. I don't know if I do. I genuinely think I that they I agree with it with Solder. Ingram, like Ingram, I don't hate Ingram. Like I don't. I hate like that. He, like I want him totally, but I don't hate Ingram. You know, it's there's a difference between being like. But I also like. I mean, Solder admitted. Okay, Solder admitted he doesn't want to play football. Yeah. He said he literally in his like what what he and I kind of almost appreciate the honesty when he wrote his article coming back. He's like it, it took a huge financial hit. Um. Do you think if he do you think if he had like a like uh, his cut. No fresh contract. Do you think he signs anywhere for like a one million deer? I don't. I don't think. Anyways, no. I don't think I don't anybody even want to crap sign. on Nate Solder right now. But Jason Garrett doesn't self evaluate. He doesn't. No. Um. No. And I think he gives up. I think his best performances, game planning, have been called versus Dallas, which he has skin in that game more so than other games. And I think that might be like you know maybe you're not working that hard. Um. Here's the last thing I want to say. You know, there is no design runs. I feel bad that Daniel Jones is putting himself on the line and just trucking Grady Jarrett. I mean, trucked him. And this is when people, I got so pissed off after the draft, at Orlovsky specifically, when he says, oh, he's two all shucks. It's like, stop at looking at the way he talks in his press conferences and look at the way he plays. He does not play with an all shucks mentality. I mean, he runs dudes over. I saw him literally at Duke rip on fourth down, rip the ball out of his running back's hands and power his way through it for a first down. So that's like that kind of talking points always piss me off. Cause it's like, who cares the way he is with the press? It sucks that he puts himself on the line out there 
and I and he believes and he plays hard and and it seems like this st- coaching staff doesn't believe in him. Yeah, and they call plays like they don't believe in him. So I don't know what happens with Daniel Jones going forward. You know, he played well in this game, and because we suck and we're on three, we're not focusing on him playing. You know, playing. All, he played all right. I don't want to say he yeah. played great in this game, but he played all right. Um, but I do feel bad for him. And if he if if they blow things up this year, and and a new GM wants a new QB, which I wouldn't be totally against. I will be rooting for Daniel Jones wherever he goes because I yep. think wherever he goes, he will do well. Because guess what? He won't be in the worst system in the NFL wherever he goes. Yep. He might be in the second worst, but he won't be in the worst anymore. And the, the fans that have said this since last year, well, what if the organization doesn't believe in him to make the deep throws, which is unfathomably is such stupid. a bad take. It's unfathomably stupid, yes, to put it lightly um, or harshly. But... <laughs> What else is there to what What else is there to give the excuse of? I I, I don't I don't know. And again, lost for words, which that's not zero exactly interceptions in his last nine games. Because I'm not I'm not giving Daniel Jones flack for having him dropping a pass versus Dallas. All right, read the ad, and we could talk about the defense. Yeah, read the ad. Um, I actually want to. All right, so no, before I read the ad, we'll have one one final quick little point. Firings. What if 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 you were if you were the owner of the New York Football Giants, who is gone tomorrow morning? If anybody, Dave Gettleman and Jason Garrett. Dave Gettleman and Jason Garrett. Yeah. Okay. I mean, even if this, it's actually I'm not playing the even if. It's year four. Dave Gettleman's team, where he spent a ton of money, has a bunch of draft picks. His team is zero and three. And again, and three of the most winnable games on the schedule. Yeah, I mean, I know it's it now. I'm, I won't be pissed off, like you know. I'm not like yelling like you need to fire Dave Gilman now because what does it do? Yeah, now you could argue that it makes a statement. That's what it does. Well, you can argue that at the trade deadline we can get some value for some guys that maybe there's not a long term future where with Dave Gilman, if you know if they or if they at the deadline they're three and five and the division leader is like five and three or four and six and they're actually still like if we're in a similar situation to last year. Gettleman is not going to be trading away uh, players at that. So that's the argument you can make. But uh, Jason Garrett, I want, I will be disappointed if he's not fired in the morning. Yeah. Gettleman, I just want fired at, you know, like I want this to be Dave Gettleman's last season. Yeah, we're approaching the 2018 draft class. They're up for their contracts to be renegotiated. And who do we want on the Giants for the foreseeable future? Will Hernandez, no. maybe. Not paying Lorenzo Carter big money. No. I mean, you bring Carter back on like a one mil, two million, like, you know, a minimum deal. And Hernandez would be the similar. But that's that's not an endorsement. That's saying that we would take these guys back on minimum deals. You know? Yeah. In reality, you want these guys to be earning bigger deals. Yep. But they should have earned it. Um. So. Where? What about you? Yeah. Uh, I don't. I don't even know. You. It would make. It would be a statement to file fire Garrett. I mean, excuse me, it would be a statement to fire Gettleman where I would, I would almost fire, I would be more inclined to fire Gettleman than Garrett. That's what I would do. I want Jason Garrett gone, but, um, I still, I, if the season ended today and they kept Gettleman and fired Garrett, I would be happier than the other way around. You know, I'm not being reasonable. Uh, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I refuse to be just, uh, I'm not going to be reasonable. Fire. I would fire both. Screw it. We're on three. This is bottom of the barrel. This is worse than anything that we did in 2017. This is worse than anything in 2018. 
This is definitely, you know, it's wor- worse than anything in 2019. 2020-0-5 uh, didn't feel as bad as 0-3 no. feels right now. No. No, because we had no expectations for the defense. And, and they lost know, to the Steelers. They lost Saquon, which, you know, hey, lo- the impact of losing Saquon is a conversation, too. They and- didn't have a Kenny Galladay. Sterling, like, there was... You know, the defense didn't have high expectations. This hurts a lot more than 0-5 did uh, Yeah, than did last year. All right. Yeah, so let, let, me, let me read the ad from Canada. Guys, we are super excited to share with you a product that is an absolute game changer. As you know, chewing tobacco, it's a rite of passage when it comes to football. I had some cigars today. Many cigars. Loved them. However... Time's changed, and it's 2021. We're not going to promote sunflower seeds or coffee grinds. There's a new company out of Humboldt County, California, that have created a tobacco and nicotine-free dip alternative with CBD that tastes great, and it really works. Cannabis CBD has mastered a discreet and fast-acting way to consume CBD and has provided it in a format that can help you evolve your dip. Canna Dip CBD is offering our listeners a great offer. They're so confident that you will love the dips and want to offer you 20% off site-wide to help power your favorite team or fantasy squad into the playoffs. Certainly, Giants need any help that they can get. So head to CannaDipCBD.com and use promo code GIANTS for 20% off site-wide and become a hero with Canna Dips. These Canna Dip CBD pouches are all natural, spitless, and are a great way to use wherever and whenever. No tobacco, no nicotine, full flavor experience designed for your enjoyment. And at 20% off with the code GIANTS, why wait? And also, isn't there studies that say, like, if you chew things and you think about things at the same time, that you think better? So at this point, I mean, just don't think about the Giants. I'm actually thinking about getting into, like, sports betting. And because I'm, I'm a sharp when it comes to the picks, when it, com- when it comes to the spreads of, like, things that I'm really confident in, I've been very good. So chew some Candidip CBD, chew it, think about what you want to put your money on, bet it. And go to CandidipsCBD.com slash discount slash Giants and use promo code Giants for 20% off site-wide. All right. I didn't want to ruin the ad. I just checked Twitter. Incarcerated Bob. Now, this is the plan right now for the New York Giants is to promote Freddie Kitchens to play caller. And Jason Garrett will be fired. Oh. Just kidding. Oh no! No, you didn't. You didn't. You did not just do that to me. I did. I did. Uh, I had to get a laugh out of. You know, we got to keep this show entertaining. You know, we got a lot more. You know, the season is a lot like this show. Like you know, they'll probably clear house and we'll have two draft picks, and it'll be a very fun off season show. But we got to make the season entertaining. So I think I'm just going to start starting fights at like convenience stores to give us some juice to keep this podcast going. And and you know if you like lie to me like that, that I'm so gullible that I'll believe it. I know. I was trying to not giggle. Let's talk about the defense. Here, I want to kick it to you because you have some takes about the de- I heard you say the defense isn't that good. Yeah. Um, and I want to hear your explanation for that or if you still believe it. It's yards after the catch. I think it's yards after the catch that continues to kill them. You know, and, and it's it's situationally too, where yes, the Giants offense put them in a very, very bad spot. But Giants defense allowed four 20-plus yard plays today, all passing. Three of those plays came in the fourth quarter and two of them on the final drive of that game. It's yards after the catch that kill him, Bobby. You know, it, I, I'm i not going to tell you if they ran zone, if they ran man. I knew I, I know they blitzed a, a decent amount situationally here and there. There was one third down where they only rushed two and they dropped nine into coverage, which was really fun. Um, It worked. So it, it's just I'm watching 
these plays, and Matt Ryan is averaging minus 3.3 yards behind the sticks. His average intended air yards was under five yards, and the Giants still allowed drives to sustain themselves. Yes, they didn't allow points, and I think Matt Ryan is terrible. Matt Ryan was so bad today. He was so bad, especially in the first half. It felt like there were opportunities for him to throw the ball down the field. He looks down the field and then flip, just flip to the check down and just checked it down. So they're allowing yards after the catch, and they're just not swarming to the ball like they were last year. And that's my overall thoughts. And obviously losing Blake, Blake Martinez does hurt. Sorry, I think they are, and it's because our offense sucks so bad and we're putting our defense in horrible situations that they are. And you know what? People talk about, oh, Patrick Graham's going to make adjustments. Patrick Graham made adjustments, by the way. And and I know they they gave up the field goal in that last drive, but they weren't playing soft zone. They played man coverage. And Kyle Pitts, who's this great player, he had a second catch of the day. He had a second catch of the day, and Patrick Graham did not coach scared. If there's someone, if they're coaching scared as a few of this coaching staff, it did not happen for Patrick Graham. Patrick Graham called a hell of a game, and I got a lot of reasons why. And he made adjustments. Anyway, so what were you saying? So so this is where I'm at. I'm not going to kill Patrick Graham for this game. I'm not. Because really what it comes down to is there were three interceptions this game that I feel Giants defenders should have had. Thought Logan Ryan should have had an interception. Logan Ryan also missed some tackles. And Adoree Jackson in the end zone. I mean, you you gotta you what does so Adoree Jackson does he drop that interception and then there's either a pass interference or there's a targeting call on either McKinney or Logan Ryan had a pass interference in the end zone and then it leads to uh, an Atlanta touchdown. So I mean, you gotta gotta come down with that ball. We are now we are at a point. This isn't and that's last on the year. Players. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I'm saying. I'm not going to be mad at Patrick Graham right now. I'm, g- I'm going to be mad at the players and their execution. You know, we're no longer at the point where, oh, Leonard Williams is in a contract year and he's just on a one-year deal. Oh, James Bradbury, a nice little value deal we have. Oh, you know, oh, we don't have a CB2 and we're playing so good. Oh, Lo- Logan Ryan on a one-year deal. No, like, Logan Ryan, you're getting your money, dude. James Bradbury, your contract is now backloaded. You know, you're getting, you're, you're getting more money now. Leonard Williams, you're getting big bucks. You know, so we're no longer at this fun stage of this defense. Well, oh, it's so surprising that they're playing well. Like now, like now we're paying our playmakers to make plays, and they're not making pl- and they're not making plays. Adoree Jackson has to come down with that interception. Has to. It's in your. It has to. And Logan Ryan also has to make better plays himself. And he was. He's. I, I like him. I like the way that he speaks to the media. And I know it doesn't matter. He was snarky to the media at the end of the game, where he's like, you know, you know, I've made so many game-saving interceptions in my career, and yeah, I didn't make one today, but I know that I've made him in the past. And it's like, just, I know that doesn't matter. But they got to make plays, and they're not making plays. Yeah. Um. The Adore should have had that interception. The Ryan ones, they could like, but at the same time, like defenders aren't made like they don't make. T- I. I I'm not gonna kill that. Them Adore, for not that Adoree Jackson was not a contested catch. That was no, no, he, not. The, I'm saying the Logan Ryan ones were. Yeah, um, he's got. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He's yeah, you got to. You got to bring that down. But here's what I'll say: They gave up 17 points in total. The Falcons had seven points through three quarters. Seven points they only gave up through three quarters, and their offense didn't put them in good situations where the Falcons felt like their offense needed to get rolling and panicking. They were able to stay on schedule all game long they didn't give up long like there was no long drives it wasn't like they were a bend don't break defense where they were giving up these long 10 minute drives and then you know they would kick a field goal or something they blitz and they play press man coverage like they did and they change it up and Patrick Graham threw tons of different looks they kept Kyle Pitts to two catches you know Calvin Ridley had like what like 60 yards now Patterson had a good game but that was guys missing tackles and I know that's what Patterson does 
Yards after um, the catch. Yeah. Patrick Graham made a ballsy decision and started Rodarius over Darnay Holmes. Why? Because Rodarius can play man coverage and Darnay Holmes cannot. Rod- and, and, and Rodarius did a decent enough job. I know he got called for a DPI in the beginning of the game. Um, so we say don't play scared, and Patrick Graham didn't play scared. He played aggressive. He blitzed. But I'm not going to be mad at Patrick Graham because this team has no good pass rusher. Yeah. There is nobody on this team that can get a real deal. Can be a real deal pass rusher. They allowed less than 300 yards. There was only two teams this week that had less points than the Falcons. The Bears, who had nine sacks versus the Browns. At least we're getting a good draft pick out of them. And the Houston Texans with the QB. I already forgot what his name was. Only two teams less. I'm not sorry. It's not. It's not Patrick Graham's fault that Jason Garrett and the offense sucks. And that's why I have not overreacted and went over the top on Patrick Graham because defenses catch up with offenses as the yeah. season goes along. So the defense played a good game. It is not their fault that the team on the other side of the ball screwed up. And okay, well, you could say the same thing for week two. But you know what? Why can't our defense allow 30 points one game? Like, why can't we score more than 30 in a no, game? No, I, I agree. Like, yeah, you know, absolutely. So there's, there's a ton of pressure where it's like our defense has to catch interceptions, which is like... Defenders don't aren't made to catch those passes when I mean, you're not expecting the ball coming to your way. Like so, like yeah, do I want Adore to make that interception and expect him to catch that ball that's in his hands? Yes, but like I'm not going to be mad. Like that's the difference between no, the difference between winning and losing is the offense sucks. That's the difference between winning and losing, and that's been the consistent. And I said Patrick Graham. That's why I was not anti Patrick Graham. Is that this guy has bought himself at least a little bit of leniency to not overreact? And he came out and he changed and he played. He called a hell of a game. It's not his fault this offense screwed him. Again, the Falcons were 5-13 on third down. He blitzed and he played man coverage. He didn't play scared, soft cover three. He made a decision to start a six-round rookie over Darnay Holmes to play man coverage. They have no good pass rushers. Pitts has two catches for 35 yards. I know one came in an untimely situation, but that was because he wasn't coaching scared. What do you want to play? It's like people will want to you know, now play uh, hindsight, like, oh, they should have played a soft zone there. No, they played to win the game. They gave up 17 points, which was the third best defense in the league this week. And I know Rat Ryan's not the guy he was once, but you know what? It's better. You know, he's he's better than a handful of QBs in this league. So they gave up seven points through three quarters. And I'm not going to let the fact that three of those points came on the last drive of the game make me overreact to this defense. The offense sucks. The defense did their job. 17 points in, in is a horrible day for an offense. It is a horrible day for an offense to score 17 points. No, I I one hundred percent I one hundred percent agree with you. Um, I the will Giants say kicked, that if the Adore, Giants score twenty points. We are very happy with the defense. Today. Oh well, yeah, but you said that Adoree Jackson not coming down with an interception. You know, it may not make an impact and a difference. It may not be the difference in the game. Well, that was the that would have been the difference in the game. Lana scored That's a touchdown. That's the issue. Is that shouldn't be the difference in the game? Though. Well, That's right, my, I, my point. I know I'm agreeing with you. the The offense was the offense was bad, and when you have an offense that can't score over twenty points on a consistent basis, that it's going to put the the defense in an impossible situation. But the things that I the, the certain areas I saw with the Giants' defense today, there was nothing the Giants' defense showed me today that they're going to improve in the long term when they play an offense that throws the ball down the field more. And I'm, I'm not talking about past the sticks. At on the same time, they basis. know their opponent, so they may have called the game like that because they knew who their opponent was. You know, well, maybe. Maybe I'm still not there. I'm still not there yet with the Giants' defense. I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm I'm not there. These players, again, I'm not. It's not Graham. It's not Graham. But through 19 players, games, the defense has shown more good than bad. I understand that, but the Giants are 0 three right now, and I'm I not. Know. I'm not sold on the Chiefs are one and two. I'm not blaming Patrick Mahomes. Well, just let me finish. 
I'm still in a wait and see mode because of how bad the Falcons' offense is. They're they're, they're bad. They they don't produce explosive plays. Um, you know, usually the best offenses in the league produce explosive plays. I mean, Giants' run defense was good today, but I, I, there's nothing the Giants' defense showed me today that is going to have me believing. That, oh yeah, next week against the Saints, I'm confident that they're going to go in there against in the Metro Dome and in the, in the Superdome and not and not and not be and be good. There's nothing that they showed well, me. They're missing that's a pass rusher, that. and that's Pat, that's not Patrick Graham's fault. That's Dave Gavin's fault that they do not have a pass rusher. Right. Even though Mr. Chicken pointed out, Aziz Ojolari is on pace for 17 sacks still, and I will make that joke at some point this week. I love it. Um, Dory's got to come down with the ball. Not even becoming a joke anymore. Honestly, Aziz might have 17 sacks. Strip sack. It was a strip sack today. Yeah. Turnover. Um, and that was after Evan Ingram had a turnover because Evan Ingram, that's what Evan Ingram does. So, you know, Adore Jackson has been a good cornerback too for this team. You know, I, you know, cornerbacks are, are made to stop guys from catching the passes. So, um, you know, again, like I said, I'm not sitting here saying that the defense could be top five. I don't think it can be because they do, they cannot rush the passer without blitzing a ton of dudes. And it's not like they've played good O-lines either or, you know. They they like they're missing a pass rusher. Yeah. But I don't you know, I I like if there's if there's like if you told me there's five guys you really like on this team coaching staff wise right now they are Daniel Jones, Andrew Thomas, Sterling Shepard, Patrick Graham, and Kadarius Tony because he's funny as hell. That last drive was just a killer yards after the catch. That's it. You know, and the time that we needed them to shut Atlanta down the most, they and I, the offense put them in a bad spot. Again, I, I'm acknowledging that. Don't think that I'm not acknowledging that. And you know that I think this is an offensive league. You 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 know that. But I got to see more. I got to see more of it. That's it. Keep All it right. up. We'll be back Wednesday. Or you know what? Maybe we'll be back Tuesday because there'll be some firings. We have to record an emergency podcast. I, I doubt it. Me too. Um trying to give at least one positive take down the show all right that's an episode <laughs> stick around with us we're gonna have fun we're gonna have yeah. we're gonna have some type of we're gonna we will make this show not dreadful like i got i got sunburned today I, it was really it's really bad idiot idiot here's what i'll say here's i was honestly rooting for people to burn the stadium down like not even jokingly i was like i was like if it would have burnt down i would not have been sad i would have been overjoyed if you if no one got hurt and they burned the stadium down i would have been very happy nine wins last 34 home games i mean how 34 home games is how many seasons there's eight eight times four is 32 all right yes yeah, so that's the last four years the last four years and two games right three games so nine and 25 Nine and twenty-five, and it is it is such a crime, it is such a crime, and that that people that sit in the one hundred levels, I mean, not even I sit in the three hundred levels, and, and don't show my, up anymore. Seriously, I mean, I can't, I can't do. I'm I'm sick, but no. Well, who is going to show up is the opposing is the opposing team, and that's that. And the crazy thing is, usually that happens in November and December, but it's going to happen in October. It should. It's I don't want. I want. I want to see what's our next home game. We play the Saints week four. Who do we play week five? The Cowboys? No, that's on the road. I think. I think we play the Panthers. Would that be week six? Anyways, don't show up. Seriously, don't show up. I don't want our. I don't want our listeners, our fans, showing up. 
we'll all be there. So if you're uh, there. <laughs> I did book my ticket to the Eagles game. But you know what? That's Michael Michael Strahan was my favorite player as a young boy. I will be there to support yeah. his. And uh, I love you, Eli. How about that? Yeah. That's how we'll finish. Love you, yeah, Eli. Yeah, that's how. Love you, Eli. Um, it's, it's a crime. It's a crime how much Giants fans have to pay for their PSLs and... You know, the I, I know parking passes today were a fraud. That was oh fraudulent, what they did with parking passes. Yeah. Um, and I know a lot of Giants fans that actually got PSLs, and I don't blame you know, I don't blame them after seven hundred days and you know, I said it in my five keys video to before the season, like people like lost like people lost people over the course of the last seven hundred days. So a lot of people's like mentality on life, I'm trying you know, I know this is out of our scope of things. A lot of people's like mentality on life kind of has changed over these last 700 days where, you know, mon- money is just money and you know, you can never get back memories and they, you know, they got giants tickets this year cause they wanted to have a good time. And this is the product that they're putting out there. And it's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. But Eli was really fun today. Um, seeing that and Eli Manning is two for two on the 2021 season. Yeah, that's true. He threw those ceremonial passes to Manningham and Tyree. I'm so happy that they did that. That was really cool. Yeah, good. We'll, I'll always remember that. So we appreciate you guys. We'll be back on Wednesday. Stick around with us. Until then, let's go Big Blue. Big Blue.